Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Garrett with IDC Woodcraft, and I would like to welcome you to this podcast where we talk about CNC machines, and in this case, we kind of lean towards CNC routers. But this episode is going to cover how do you charge for the projects that you make when you are trying to get them out to market. So I am again with my uh, Canadian partner, friend, Bill, up in Canada. He's in Ontario. And it's, this is just going to be a thing. You're going to have to get used to Bill being on this uh, podcast because it really it was his brainchild that got me started on it. So it's really his podcast. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So one of the things we get asked all the time is how do we charge for our projects? And that's a sticky, sticky area. I mean, I get it. I get the, the question. So Bill and I are going to dive into it with some story about charging and some of the other elements you have to take into account, not just the time that you spend on your stuff and the money you spend on the stuff to make a project, but also the psychology behind it, which is a very fundamental aspect. So before I hog up this whole podcast, I want to let Bill say hello and give his little two cents about uh, what his thoughts are at the top, like the bird's eye view of uh, charging for projects. So Bill, take it away, my friend. First off, hello, everybody. And uh, second, I'm actually in New Brunswick, not in oh, Ontario. Oh, my bad. Not that it matters. Not, that's right. Not that it matters. It, it's Canada. It's all the same to me. It's all the same, right? It's, it's all snow. Yeah. All snow. So, uh, Pricing. Yeah, you know what? I get asked about pricing not often, but I, I see it a lot on the Facebook groups. Um, and pricing is a sensitive subject. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Um, it's a sensitive subject and it's a, it's a, a hard subject. It's difficult. It's difficult to nail it down. You know, it's uh, difficult for me to price something that somebody else might price differently and, and what works for me might not work for you. So yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. So, Bill, you've been in the uh, market a lot longer than I have making CNC projects and selling them. And if you were to pull back, like in an objective view and see yourself and the, and the customer and what they're buying, what do you think is at the heart of when, when they're selecting your project and, and asking you, this is what I want? What do you think is at the heart of it? I mean, if you look at the small scale CNC products, everybody wants customized items. And, and that's really the, the market and, and the push behind people wanting to buy, buy things from you. Anyone can go down the street, go to the Walmart dollar store, home hardware, wherever you want to call it, uh, and, and buy something. But if, if you can take that product and personalize it, you know, that just, it makes it that much more appealing. Right. Yeah. So we just did a podcast. Uh, there'll be a link down in the description to it, but it was how to start a CNC business. And it taught, Bill was sharing his story about how he actually got started in one of his projects out of just a gift. So you may want to take a minute to watch that to see how most people get started in their CNC sales. Um, so when you first got, uh, 
into selling your projects, how are you pricing up front as opposed to how you price now? Um, I mean, it's a long, not a long story, but I mean, my background is more commercial where I had a CNC at a sign shop where we would price, if I was CNC for somebody, you know, we would price by the hour. So if that table was running and this job took me 30 minutes of runtime, that that runtime was built into that price. But you're talking about commercial products, commercial customers, it's a little bit different. So when I when I started at home, I kind of had that same mentality, but I knew that the market around me just wouldn't support that that kind of pricing. So I started off um, most of the stuff I lost money on, honestly. I mean, you just want to get you want to get your products out there. And my goal was to at least recoup my cost. And because the time is, is the big factor for me. How much time you spend on something and, and how you your time and how you get paid for that. So when I started, um, like I said, it, it was it was almost zero. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, so you said you lost money on most of your early projects. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Why did you lose money? I didn't. I lost money in the sense that if, if you if you look at it like a business, so I say I sell a product, and I know I'm just getting started out, and I know I can sell this product for let's say fifty dollars, and I sit down at the end of the day, I've sold the product. I've had $5 of material and then I start taking into account my time. If I had three hours into that first product, because I'm still learning, I'm still figuring things out. If I had three hours into that, I consider that a loss. I mean, when I do this, the, my time is invaluable to me. I got three kids, you know, I, I got lots of stuff to do. Um, I want to make sure that I'm not wasting my time. So when I say a loss, I mean, you know, I spent, I spent more time making something for somebody than I got paid for. Right. Right. That's a key point that you just said, you know, your, your time is valuable. And I think there's this deep thing where when we first start getting into it, into making CNC projects and we want to sell them, that there's this fear that people aren't going to buy it if we set it at a price that's, our value and so we undercut ourselves and we don't you know if you spend four hours on a project your time is money and so you have you have to assign a value to your time and yeah yeah when 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 we first I mean, started up yeah go ahead a great example is is when i started um i did craft shows around the first christmas i had my cnc and i spent weeks preparing making things that i thought people would want to buy at the craft show i still have some of that stuff three years later yeah so i mean do you know what i mean like that's that's why i i think the custom orders and the customization that's really you know where a lot of this goes because in my area i don't have a big population so if i produce things before they're sold i'm going to be holding on to them for a bit 
Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome to the club. I've got a box full of stuff that I made. I, I was uh, getting ready to, or I did make stuff to cater to the Jeep Wrangler crowd, which I own a Jeep Wrangler, so I understand the crowd. Um, but I didn't market it right to the group. And so I've got a box worth of stuff here that's collecting dust. And uh, so, uh, you know, and it takes a lot of work to actually get into the crowd. As a matter of fact, talking about that, just a little side note, that last podcast I was talking about, Bill was sharing about Facebook. And I talk about Facebook all the time, is that's where people hang out at these days. That's where people set up get togethers. And if you want to make a product, there's two elements that I have found that are really important. And one is what Bill already said, personalization. You, know, you can go to Walmart and buy pretty much anything or online and it's very impersonal and utility. But once you add the personalization, that's where the dollars come into play. And the more personalization it has, the more emotional value it has to the, the customer and the less money becomes relevant to it. In marketing, I have learned uh, through my mentors that pricing strategy is not about money. It's about the emotional value that you, that a person is receiving by getting your project. So I don't know, what are your takes? What's your take on that, Bill? Then your experience with some of the stuff that you've sold. Um, I mean, I'm just looking at, at my current job list right now um, for the CNC compared to what it was before Christmas. Christmas time it was gifts, uh, all personalized, but it was a preset product where, you know, monogram, but just type their name in, uh, there they go. All my, I have seven jobs on there right now, and they're all completely custom. Uh, not one of them is the same as the other one. Um, so the customized stuff is really yeah, where okay. it's at. But that, that being said, I just spoke to somebody yesterday who bought a CNC and they're, they use it for production to produce a product. So, you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Um, so I just, when you just said that, it made me think of, uh, well, let's just, I want to dive into one of your custom jobs so I can get this thought sorted out because it's one of those little things that just like, uh, there's something there, but I can't really figure out what the thought is. So yep. dive into one of your, dive into one of your custom projects. What is it and what, what does it seem to inspire the customer with? And, um, okay. yeah, take it from I've there. got a good one. I got a good one. Um, I've been dealing with this customer for I would she first contacted me six months ago. Um, and again, this is a great example of I'm probably not making any any money on this job. The amount of time that I've talked to her and we've gone back and forth and the jobs changed and I've quoted and priced and now it's come to fruition. Um, basically it's her and three other families, four families all together. They've have a plot of land and they want they call it you know this name of their, their campground and they want a, a sign for out front in the driveway and then they want three separate signs for each one of the buildings so 
that's a job that is completely custom and, and I'm dealing with one person who's actually dealing with three other people. So everybody has their own idea of what they want. Um, and really to make everybody happy, you've got to get that emotional string where they see that and they go, oh my God, it's perfect. I can't wait to put it up, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's one, again, if I had known originally when I had given her the price, how long this was going to take, I probably would have doubled it, but you know, it's, I gave her a price and I stick with it. So. All right. So how, how big is the sign then? Um, the main sign I believe is going to be 30 by 18, I think is what we, we ended up with. Okay. And then each, each smaller sign, uh, with the family name is 24 by 10, I think. Okay. Okay. And it's all outdoor cedar. Right. So you, you said it's completely custom. What is the, you know, it's got a message for a campground. What is the underlying element in it that seemed to make them want this in a certain way? Um, they, they call it, uh, they have a name for it. I can't remember it off the top of my head that they, they call their campground. So where that name came from, I don't know, but that name means something to all four of these families. Um, so for them to, you know, it's a pride thing for them to put that up at the end of the driveway saying, you know, this is a place, what we call it. Um, and my job was to take that and then add some design elements. Ended up just being trees. We, we tried a couple different images. I tried cabins and campfires and then it just going with some basic trees, which is fine. It's easy for me. Okay, so it was intended to give that outdoorsy feel uh, with with the design in it. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I want to step back a little bit on this. When you're coming up with projects, the, the, well, let's go back even further. A lot of people are asking, what do I charge for a project? But a lot of times I find people don't even know what the projects are that they want to sell. And so it's kind of putting the cart before the horse when you're doing that. What I have found is you want to build a, a certain skill around a certain type of project and focus on that type of project. When I'm saying that, for example, signs for a small business, like what Bill is doing right now, and get good at that. And then you know how to, or then you can dive into how do I source or set up the pricing structure for this? Because really every project is different. Every project has its own time elements in it. In this case, Bill had to go back and forth with the customer to come up with the right design. And, and as he just stated, he, had he known then what he knows now, he would have increased the price uh, up front. So that is, I don't know what your thought on that, Bill, getting to know what you want to make first or the general scope of what you want to make and then worry about pricing. Would you agree with that idea? Yeah, I mean, and there's there's different ways to approach that too. If, um, if you take it from a more business standpoint, uh, if you meet and, and discuss it with the customer and say, 
here's our guideline, here's an estimate. Um, this is what I think we're gonna do. This is what I think it's gonna cost. If this happens, if this takes more time, if the size has changed, then the price will be adjusted accordingly. And that's, I mean, I did that a certain amount, um, but again, the time involved with this stuff is not something that anyone can kind of predict. The, right. the, the more you do it, the better you get at it, the more you can predict. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things that I uh, encourage people on my YouTube channel, the name of the channel is idcwoodcraft.com, is when you're considering how to price something, you don't want to put yourself in a $10 an hour rate. If you do that, you might as well go work at a convenience store and earn $10 an hour. Your time and your skill has a value that other people want. And just by virtue of that makes you worth more than that. So if I was to pull a number out of thin air for the, I want to say the beginner who is getting some experience, I would say you're running into $20 an hour plus materials. And you should always double your materials when you're doing that. That's the technical side of it. <laughs> double your materials. Um, one of the other things that I also encourage is be willing to take on some jobs where there's a little bit of learning time in there that's going to push you past your comfort zone to learn a little bit more about cnc you can't really charge for your learning time but you you have to realize in the long run you're building your skills so you can charge more in the future and uh, bill take it away with what i just said what do you think yeah no i think you're right I think a lot of people have a hard time figuring out the line of, okay, I think this is going to take me two hours. I'm going to charge them $40 and then it ends up taking them six hours. And it's a fine line is, can I, can I go back to the customer and say, this has changed. I need to charge you more or is it my fault for not knowing what I'm doing properly? You know, that kind of line. But I think, right, like, you need to include your time because what happens if this hobby that you're pushing turns into a full-time job? If, if the product that you're making, if you can only end up making four of those a day and this is a full-time job, are you really going to make any money if, if you're selling four products a day and you're charging $40 an item? So that's uh, uh, another one to, or a little going deeper into that. I just finished a sign that was very personalized and had a lot of emotional value to the person. Uh, they had me make it as a gift and it's for business. And I have an enormous number of hours in this because the majority of it was a learning process. So the, 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 I'm charging $250 for it. The time, if I was to take in all my time, probably be more like $1,000. But I chalk it up to learning how to become a sign maker. So one of the things that you want to really uh, be aware of is split the whole concept in two. Understand your skill level and and work just beyond that 
charge based on what you think it's going to take you with an hourly rate that you are worth. And then the extra time that you spend is learning time. It's not frustration lost time. It'll have its payback later on. Um, I, I want to step back a little bit, Bill, to something you mentioned um, probably 15 minutes ago, where we were talking about Christmas. And I think we were talking about Christmas um, or just brought it in there, but it, it related to our last video or the last podcast. And Yep. Choose, choosing the product that you want to make, that you want to be able to sell out to the world. The one thing that you want to always keep in mind is the emotional value. This is what most people don't understand, that when people buy something, it solves a problem, whether it's an emotional uh, desire to feel better, uh, whether they want to make their kids feel better and special uh, like Bill's award that he made also talked about in our last podcast, which um, talks about getting your business out to Facebook. But what do you want to do is think about Christmas for you. When you receive gifts at Christmas time, which gifts tend to make you uh, are the gifts that you seem to really like. And what you'll find is it's not the cookie cutter gifts, but it's always the things that are made specially for you or, or bought with a certain thing in mind uh, about you and what you're passionate about. A good example is, I don't, have you ever heard of the Pacific Crest Trail, Bill? No. You've heard of the Appalachian Trail. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. So the Pacific Crest Trail is like the sister trail to the Appalachian Trail. It's a 2,650 mile hiking trail that goes through California, Oregon, and Washington. Well, I hiked that trail in 2017, and I was very passionate about it, and probably the best life experience I've ever had, um, other than talking to you, right? Um, but my brother had sent me a yeah, my brother had sent me a pocket knife. Uh, in the middle of the hike and he had it personally made for me it said pct 2018 2017 and it had my trail name on it and that had an ultra high emotional value so it's gifts that you receive if, if you can look at that the things that you make that how does it have an emotional value to the prospective customer then you can get higher rates for your stuff because the higher the emotional value the more they're willing to pay it yeah. really it really comes down to that what, what you, go ahead bill tell me about your experience on that well i actually i've got a good example of that is uh last father's day um i was making uh just guy stuff i was making cutting boards and barbecue scrapers and stuff like that and then i had a woman send me a photo of something on Etsy and ask me if I could do that. And I looked at it and I looked at the price and I was like, not really. It was just, it was like picture frame basically with the, she, she had her own text that she wanted. It was something that, that meant something to her. And I said, I can't touch it for that price. She said, oh, oh I don't care about the price. I just want to get it local. And I, I kind of took that and I said, well, I, let's let's talk about this. Cause not that I wanted to, to make money but it's just like i could actually make something nice and meaningful for and what we ended up doing was i cut a picture frame out of a walnut 
with this poem that meant something to her husband for Father's Day. And I think I ended up getting about $120 for it because I had to explain to her the amount of time that it's going to take me. I've never done it before to figure out how to make the, the text fit the space. I had to make a pocket for the frame. She wanted a couple other little things and I had to use walnut and I ended up doing it three times, I think. And, and she, at the end of the day, she was ecstatic, but it's because that meant so much to her, what she wanted in the price. She couldn't, I could have probably charged her double. Wouldn't have mattered. Right. That's, that's uh boy. That was a really good example. So she said she didn't care about the price. She, she wanted something meaningful for her husband and she wanted it local. So there are two emotional uh, uh, values that Bill was feeding or, or serving when, when, when he was dealing with her and he used the magic word. She was ecstatic based on that. I'm sure that she told you, thank you. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, at the same time, her idea when she sent me, you know, the original, when we, we first started talking was a, a flimsy press board with lettering on it and we went from that to you know a piece of inch and a half walnut with v-groove text in it so you know i took her expectations and kind of just ran with it and blew it out of the water for her oh that's okay so here i wanted yeah here's another magic board. i wanted it to mean yeah oh, go ahead i wanted it to be special and you know high quality not i didn't want to put some vinyl cut and slap it on a piece of wood for right okay so this is the magic bullet to setting higher prices for your projects as well what the, the customer came in with a, a an idea and bill worked with her to bring that idea to a much more beautiful outcome and so he's helping her paint a picture in her mind of something that's even better than she was going to accept. And by doing that, Bill upped the emotional value to her and then delivered or over-delivered by working with her and coming up with a, an end result that she started with that was a much lower uh, quality, if you will, type of idea. So if you can learn to work with your customers and take your creativity and throw your creative ideas out to the customer, you're going to increase the outcome value of that project and therefore be able to ask more money for it. Now, one of the things that Bill did was, I don't know if you understood that you did this, Bill. When you, when you talked to her, you said, I can't do that for that kind of money, right? So, but she already had it set in her mind that she wanted something meaningful. And so from that point of saying, I can't deliver this to you, she's, she's in the space. Well, I want it you know, and, and so that's a psychological little element that goes on between sales and then Bill, you know, she, she said, I want it. And so Bill went and took that. And as I said, expanded on the whole idea, explained what goes into coming up with this amazing creation that he ended up coming up with and was able to get a lot more for it. So that's that's the deep psychological thing about setting prices. It's got to, if you want to make money with a CNC machine, you have to get good at 
understanding what personalization is about and being able to tap into the person who wants the project and understand the underlying meaning behind it that's going to fulfill this emotional value. It's always about value in one way or another. And so he added a ton of value to her by working with her to create something even better. And Bill, that's uh, boy, I just kind of tore that one apart just to, so you could people could understand what yeah. happened, the underlying dynamics. But that's the way it works. And part of that, part of that too, is is you need to be you need to feel valued for the service you're providing. Um, if if you like, I gave her a price that I felt good about that wasn't wasn't crazy expensive that I felt good doing the work that she, um, you know, I, I didn't give her a price that I thought, you know, that I wanted to regret later. Um, even though the changes in the time involved by the end of the day, I felt good. She felt great. It was a win-win, right? Yeah. So did that result in uh, more business? Um, I think she got uh, a monogram at Christmas time, but I think that was it. Okay. Um, so did, did you ask her, you know, hey, if you ever think of this with somebody else, can you recommend me? No. no. Yeah. Okay. So that is uh, something to, uh, I would like to pass on to CNCers when you're making a project. At the end, when you see people happy, make sure that you plant in their mind. It's okay to ask, you know, you're happy with this. Would you be okay to recommend me in the future to people if uh, they come across that? And if they're that happy and as grateful as Bill's customer was, of course, they're going to say yes. And they're going to do it when they, when they come up with that. The other thing is if you have a happy customer, drop a note to them later, just like Bill, send send her a card and ask her how does where's where that picture hanging at? How how does it look in the environment? And what you're doing is you're reminding the person that you are the connection to that meaningful project. So customer relation is is a big deal. They your customers aren't a dollar figure. They're not a yeah, it's just not a dollar figure or a number. They're a person just like you, and they want to have a solution to something, and they want they want you as the maker of an amazing project to care about it as much or more than they do because it's your energy in the end that's going to make or break the deal you know what i find um people enjoy is is i always ask for a photo so when somebody takes the sign brings it home depending on what it is uh i always say hey you know what when when you get it when you paint it depending on what they get uh send me a picture right and that just that just opens up yes more dialogue perfect you know perfect and then, you know two weeks two weeks later they can send you a photo say oh my god i love it um oh so and so saw it they want to get one i gave them your info yep you know what it's like a that. It, there's a story that that's beautiful you know it's got a story and and bill was part of that journey even after he delivered the project, he created that by saying, can you send me a picture? I do that all the time too. This is how you're going to create uh, the relationship that you need to build in your, in your business that gives repeat customers. You know, this, this lady one day will, you know, when she will come back because he gave so much emotional value to her. Eventually that's, that's just going to pop up again. So. Yeah, or somebody's going to see that. Yeah. And, 
you know, somebody's going to see that and say, hey, where'd you get that? And she's going to have such a, an emotional attachment to it. She's going to be more than happy to share it. Right. Right. So let's kind of go back to the, the, the basics and walk back up the ladder. We just walked in kind of a summary statement. You want to uh, take off with that? Nope. Go ahead. Lost in thought here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, well, so when it comes to what do you charge? The first thing is build, just put yourself into an hourly rate and try to get a general idea how much time it's going to take and tell a person it's that much money. If they can't or are willing to pay it, then you walk away from the job and go on to a next one. Don't be afraid to say no, because <laughs> If you decide to take on a job that's going to undercut your value, then you're just doing something you're losing money on when you could potentially be doing something in the future that you could be making money on. Set yourself an hourly rate and say no. The next thing is understand that what you're making as a CNC or don't try to be a cookie cutter like uh, do what the big box places do. You have the power to create enormously valuable, meaningful projects that are very creative. And then uh, work with your customer. You get to know them and what they want. Be creative with them and help build the value. And then you can even, uh, go back and say, well, I have to do this and this and this. So that's going to up the cost on this. And because you got more value, you can up that cost. And from there, you build the relationship, make the project, deliver it to them, and then stay in touch with them and ask them if they're happy, can they refer you? And they're going to. And that's how you're going to build up business. You've built relationships and friendships. None of us want to do business with people we don't care about or, doesn't, or we don't have some kind of relationship with. And also, what kind of things you want to make? Look at what... You, would mean something to you and Christmas presents are a great idea. You either just get something, uh, if you get a, a gift card, okay. So someone that gave you 10 bucks, right? <laughs> but if they gave you something that's personalized to something about you, that has a lot of value and you cherish it. So that's what you're creating when you're making stuff for other people. And that's where you want to focus into on CNC projects. And you know what? I want to add one thing about, um, Sometimes the best thing you say is no. Uh, a lot of people when they start off say yes to everything. Um, and I mean, that's great if, if everything works out, but that can lead to a couple things. It can lead to you getting over your head. It can lead to taking on jobs that you're not making any money at. And I find I get it a lot, almost weekly, where somebody will send me a photo of something off of Etsy or Amazon even. And, and be like, can you make this? And 90% of the time, it, my answer is no. Like, it, you know, if you send me something off of Etsy that's $25, it's, it's not worth my time. And, and if you're honest with somebody and you explain that to them, most pe people will see that and understand and realize that they're getting local handmade sort of uh, versus buying something online yeah yeah and another way to really reinforce this whole idea of what bill is saying well he said you know be willing to say no um but you can go to etsy and pick out a uh, niche 
and then look at what projects are moving a lot better than others and you will find that they're personalized and the best way that i think to make stuff bill can probably uh well he'll have to put in his two cents on this is find a project that has a generic aspect to it that can be personalized and an example is uh sorry bill american flags uh, <laughs> You know, it, it, American flags are generic. They're easy to repeat. They already have a value to it because it's a patriot symbol. And then on top of that, you can carve in what, uh, a military thing. Whatever. Yeah, you can carve in something. Yeah. The brotherhoods and sisterhoods are amazing things. And then you can get the person's aim on it. You've got three levels of value built into it. And that's why people like that kind of stuff. The point is... If you have a program for a flag, you can just recut that flag constantly, and all you have to do is overlay a an icon of some sort. Bill talked about this in the last podcast as well with his uh, ward hangers and how he added value with those to make people want them. So I don't know. Did, did I reiterate myself? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it's it's perfect. I mean this and this is really a, a whole other topic on its own. But yeah, yeah, we'll finding, we'll, we'll make another podcast those, about that one. Yeah, those niche niche markets and products and, and kind of diving into them. Yeah. Okay. Well, and now we have our topic way. for next time, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So now you're gonna have to uh, cue in for the next podcast where we are going to talk about what types of projects that you can make that are going to be. Uh, most productive for you and get the most money for you that mean a lot to other people. So we'll dive into that in the next podcast. So Bill, you want to give us a wrap up and then we'll say goodbye? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Um, I guess we didn't really dive into how to price your product. Oh, well, maybe, um, maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, we can get it real quick. I mean, but again, it, it's such a touchy subject uh, well, we can go over go into yeah. it <laughs> I've, mi I've mixed emotions about this um well i mean there's, there's a few basic ways that that people use um and like we said at the beginning what works for me might not work for me uh when i price a product because of my area i really i look at my market and i see what my market will support i take a look at my material i take a look at my time and then i put a value on both of those until i'm happy with it and i've got products out there that i've made that i've priced that i'm not selling and i'm not really willing to drop my price because i know i'm going to be working for free um and you know there's different ways to, to do this some people want to price products including their, their machine time so they say you know if my machine's running i'm charging 60 dollars an hour that sounds great but at the end of the day if you sit there and all of a sudden your item that you should sell for a hundred dollars is now three hundred dollars because you're taking into account all these things you know it, it gets it gets tricky yep and it, the other point too is you need to look at it. Is this a hobby right now that you're trying to get your feet under, you're trying to get into it, or are you treating it as a business? Because if you take those two different aspects, 
those are two different things. Right, right. And, you know, that's that's uh, another little side angle on that. Uh, we we talked about Facebook in the last podcast too, just how that's an area. I know I'm kind of sidestepping a little bit from what you just said, but in a way not. Um, when I constantly stress taking pictures of your projects and posting them on your Facebook feeds, when people come to you, they are already priming to pay you. Uh, whereas you're trying to go to them, then you've got to fight through their resistance. So, and that got cued because Bill, I didn't realize you sent me a picture of the project that, that he was just talking about in this podcast. And that's amazing. It's not very big. It's made out of walnut. It, it's, it's got a date on it. It's got a name on it. It's got a poem that's very specific to somebody. And it's actually, it's, it has an, a, a beautiful simplicity and it's incredibly personalized. And that's why he was able to, what, how big is that? Is that 12 inches by 18 or is that smaller than that? Uh, no, I think it's um, 10 by six, 10 by 14. 10 by 14, $120 for a picture frame that he made. So think about this personalization value, get to know the person, add value to, to their idea and, and you run with it. All right, so I know I sidestepped again, but but I, I just looked at the picture. It's going, holy crap, that's that's beautiful. I mean, it, it I got a little bit of a, a I could feel my 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 own sense of emotion go up as soon as I saw it because I could see how how it was made and how how personalized it was. But, but I didn't see my name on it. Oh, the other thing he had on it was a date, right? It's got a date on it. If you can get if you can personalize it, like the flag, it's got patriotism, and we'll, we'll get into that next week. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. So anyway, yeah. So anything else, Bill? No, no. I mean, uh, we covered a lot. We still have, uh, I mean, we can keep on going for hours, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So next podcast, we are going to be talking about what types of projects that you can make where uh, you can optimize your income on and get the highest prices for. Does that sound like a good one, Bill? Yep, that sounds perfect. All right. Okay, well, I'm going to give my uh, goodbye for this podcast. I am Garrett with IDC on YouTube, and uh, my website is idcwoodcraft.com where I teach uh, or have stuff for CNC beginners, uh, pretty much geared towards CNC routers and uh, sell starter bit sets in the United States. So router bit sets for the CNC router. Bill sells the sets, the same ones in Canada. Bill, tell, tell us how to find you. Yes, I do. You can uh, check out the website. It is cncbits.ca for all us Canadians. Uh, you can get a hold of me email. It's just uh, bill at cncbits.ca. So pretty yeah. easy. Yep. And I'll put uh, links yeah. down in the description here as well. And Bill is uh, just launching a YouTube channel as well. Do you have a name on your channel, Bill? <laughs> I think I've only seen one of your videos. No. No, you'll get I've it. I've only got one video. You'll I, get I've got, it. Actually, I've got a video on there from 11 years ago. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. It was me with a chainsaw. So it's how the whole YouTube career started. So that was your uh, first CNC machine, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. Jay yeah. Salt. Okay. All right. Well, this is Garrett, uh, and I hope you have a great day and a better tomorrow, Bill. Why don't All right. you check us out. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. And if uh, you know what, if you enjoy it, uh, tell your friends and uh, help us get this going. See you next time.